Today, I'm having a guest with Danny Manu, who is an entrepreneur in the world of tech and audio. And um, he was brought to my attention by uh, one of my team at Gas Music who met you, heard what you're doing, and was very excited and just oh, booked, cool. booked Danny onto the show straight away. And so, um, first off, uh, let's establish what it is you're doing because we've got a product here. I don't, it's the first time I've ever had uh, a, like an endorsement or a product. <laughs> I'm, I'm not being endorsed, don't worry. We just got it from Paul next door. But we've got this, this is the My Manu Click S. And as far as I can tell, certainly as far as the packaging says, this is a auto language translation earbuds. Is that right? Absolutely, yes. Okay, so... Our translation engine, yeah. There's a lot to talk about there, Danny. And so let's start from the beginning and we'll get towards uh, this product. So just first of all, in abstract, what is this and uh, how long have you been working towards it? Yeah, so um, Click... Clickers was actually developed from a first product we introduced, which was Click Plus. And the product is to develop a unique true wireless earbud that enables people to connect, communicate with people, and also to share, uh, discover new experiences or share. Uh, can we retake that? Yeah, sure. I'm just sweating now. <laughs> it's yeah. no problem. Yeah. Do you think I should do an introduction first? Introduction to uh, myself. Uh, yeah, well, definitely. Or, or just go straight into the product. I, you know what, I'm happy to hear about you. And so, um, you know, the product is uh, is the Click S. It's an automatic language translator earbud. Yeah. But yeah, you know what? Let's hear let's hear your background first, yeah. because yeah, how did we get here? Just one more thing. What is the name of the podcast? The podcast is called Having a Gas. Having a Guest. Yeah. Yeah. So, because we're called Gas Music. Gas. So having a gas. Having a gas. Having a gas. Yeah, okay. man. Thank you very much, Greg, for having me on uh, this amazing uh, Having a Gas podcast. Okay. Uh, it's a pleasure. So for those who don't know me, so I'm Danny Manu, founder of uh, My Manu, which is a brand. The main company is called CHS Technologies. And what we do is to create innovative solutions to bring people together, um, you know, to us, get us to connect, really, in this crazy, wild world. Yeah. Um, Doing that, we've come up with, you know, multiple solutions. And one of the exciting one was uh, world first true wireless earbud with live voice translation, which is my money click. And the first one we developed was called Click Plus. And at that time, which was about 10 years ago, it was, I would say, we broke a lot of technological barriers to make that product possible yep. because there wasn't any true wireless earbud in the market at that time. And so I this is before AirPods were ubiquitous? Before. Yeah. Before all that, yeah, before all that. And it was a crazy journey because I remember in I went to Vegas. Uh, I was really starting up uh, with my prototype, you know, in a box. I was in Las Vegas show, trying to showcase it at CES. And Rory from the BBC saw me and I was the only startup coming from the UK. And he said, hang on a minute, you're, you're coming from the UK? And I said, yeah. And he said, what have you got? I said, I've got this. <laughs> and I was trying to explain to him what it does and why we are, you know, developing such a product and yep. I was really interested about that product and that gave us I would say the, the platform to enable me to actually you know speak out and also showcase what we've been building yep. a cool product use it for you know you can use it for listening to your music gym fitness all that kind of stuff but on top of that if you are traveling and you are to meet people you should be able to communicate with them without any language barrier hence starting uh, click click uh, the, the whole click uh, product ecosystem. Yeah, that is really uh, it's very topical, and it's something that's been on my mind a lot 
for the last couple of weeks, two weeks ago. Um, I just, uh, I spent six days going across Europe by rail and, uh, you know, went to Amsterdam, uh, Hamburg, Copenhagen, and then Sweden, which means that although everyone on the European continent all basically speak fantastic English, you know, I was going through four different languages in one week. Mm. And I, you know, I was thinking as soon as someone develops the thing, the solution for, you know, live translation real time in your ears, they are going to like storm the market because, well, I, I would imagine it would be a really uh, desirable product to have. Yeah. And so that's what, that's what the Click S promises, right? It's, you can, it can hear and then translate real yeah, time. Yeah, so the Click S worked with our translation application, which is called MyJuno. So a lot of the processing is done on the application. But the main focus, or I would say benefit of this product is we actually develop it for your everyday traveler, um, music enthusiasts as well. So if you are into music, you like fitness, but you also travel, mm-hmm. then you've got one product that takes all the box, right. if that makes sense. Yes. So you, a perfect example will be, you know, like you did mention, um, I'm sure you use, you know, earbuds every day, you know, for... I commute, use by Dre. Yeah. <laughs> for commutes and all that kind of stuff, right? But let's say, you know, if you're traveling, the same product you've got can also give you a different USB, give you a different experience uh, without not spending any extra money and that's where click come in so that's everything else but on top of that you've got a translation right so if you're to meet someone who doesn't speak it you tap the earbud and you speak it plays out your from your phone so that the person can hear you because the person hasn't got any, of course any earbud so that was your way of getting past the you know one obvious question if i was like a potential investor yeah would be yes okay someone can speak into my earbuds and it will translate for me how do you talk back to them so it sounds like what you're saying is that you do you like press a button on it you talk and then it will say what you're saying out of the app uh, exactly brilliant it, yeah so that the person can hear you and as the person speak it will pick up and the translation will be in your ear so that's one way of how it works but we also added extra uh, benefit on the application to actually enable you to actually chat to people in different locations. And we've seen a lot of businesses using it at the moment. So the application on its own enable you to actually speak to, let's say if you've got business partners in Japan or in China, imagine you sending them a message and everything you send, they receive it in their own language and vice versa. Mm. And you can have a group, you can actually create a group, a group of people um, from all over the world. And every message that anyone will post on the group or even a voice note, you can play it back and you'll play it back in your own language you, right. without being with the person face to face. And we've seen a lot of um, companies using that, especially during the pandemic, because a lot of you know, people that deal with China or Japan were not able to travel. Yep. Uh, suppliers and you know people selling, I don't know, uh, fashion product, beauty product. They were, normally they go to China to you know, yep. have a look, visit the factory and all that kind of stuff, but they were not able to do that. But we actually saw a huge uptick uh, on our application because people were using it to create private groups and using it for one-to-one conversation. So instant messaging. They can just send a message to their partner, business partner. Hey, guys, I want you to change the color. They receive it in their own language. They don't have to hire a translator or anything like that. Instantly job. So imagine, so I'm imagining you're in China. We've both got the app. Yep. I, uh, so we're in a private message stream, like a, our own little thread. Correct. I talk... And it translates it to whatever you are speaking. Yeah. And you, it comes out as a text or does it come out as speech? Both. So both. you have, you have, and you can also message as well. So rather than you speaking, you can actually send a message, uh, a note, and, or a voice memo. 
And when I play it back, it will play back in my own language. Okay. To everyone in the group as well. So if you have, I don't know, 50 people in the group speaking different languages, it will translate to everyone. To all of them? All of them. In Whoa. their own individual languages, yeah. So are you uh, trying to get in front of the United Nations to make all of their translators redundant? Oh, no, no, not redundant. I mean, I've had, <laughs> trust me, I've had so many emails on LinkedIn saying, oh, you're trying to take our job down. <laughs> yeah, we were just having this conversation, but, me and Chris, my videographer, before this. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the march of AI, but go on, yeah. But that, that's, that's not the point. We are actually trying to, you know, create a world where, you know, they will actually get more job because, yeah, as long as, even though we are using artificial intelligence and machine learning and all that kind of stuff to train our engine, we still need the human side of it because language is, is crazy. We, we come up with words every single day. Yeah. And someone needs to tell the systems, uh, okay, this is a new word. So we, we utilize uh, human translators. New words and new phraseology, new ways of, uh, you know, um, Patterns of speech go in and out of fashion, don't they? Idioms. Yeah, absolutely. And also, there's a new, uh, a new solution which we've seen uh, we are about to introduce, which are not, uh, is really going to be used for conferences. So, if mm -hmm. you've got a big show, a big event happening, and you need, let's say, a human translator, you don't need a machine. You know, human translators can actually <clears throat> use our platform and they can do the work regardless of where they are. They can do it from their home, mm -hmm. um, their bedroom, and they can translate to the whole audience. So this will actually, you know, open, we believe it will open a lot of opportunities for human translators. Yeah. Okay. So you can be at your home and earn money. Um, so we are not, you're not taking your business. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all good. I'll, um, you know, uh, I'll make sure that we've got uh, some uh, contrary spokesmen for the, uh, yeah, the translation industry. But no, um, Speaking uh, seriously for a moment, that's where the the click that's where the click s is at now. So let's go back to the start because I want to know, you know, how, you know, how you got started in life and what pushed you towards this. So, um, you know, so you mentioned to me off mic that you're from London. Yeah. Um. So what was you know what was the first passion? Are you are you primarily a tech person? Are you primarily an entrepreneur or are you an audio person? Where did you start? Yeah, my background mainly come from the media industry, but um, I was also aeronautical engineer and that's why I moved uh, up north. Nautical uh, engineer? Aeronautical. Aeronautical. Aerospace. So um, I did that for five years before starting my minor register brand. But my background is media. Um, I used to be a record producer. So oh, right. I had a studio in London. Um, and it's pure passion. Uh, so coming up with a brand, which is more audio focus, is, you know, from my passion for music and engineering, I combined that to come up with something I love which is, you know, come up with a cool product, which ticks the box yeah. and starting it. But for the translation side, it was actually from experience. Um, because as an engineer, we used to go to, there's a big conference in Germany we used to you know, attend every year. And one of, one of the events, the person actually giving the speech was a German. Yep. And we were all coming from different parts of Europe. You know, we had Italians, we have Spanish people, myself as one of the engineers. And everything was in German and we were not having any human translators. So we had to actually postpone the whole event. Yeah, it didn't happen. <laughs> we postponed the whole thing the next day and we had to actually rebook a hotel and then get, you know, translators. So imagine sitting in a room where the British guys have got their translator, the Italians have got their translator all crammed up and, you know, someone is speaking, you go, translators translate to all of it. It was yep. a nightmare. Very inefficient process, right? <laughs> yep, so every, every, we're speaking very fluidly now. Every sentence goes back and forth. So in 
this situation, it's taking about two minutes to get round to and then back. Yeah. Wow. Because we, we, we were all coming from different parts of Europe. It's not like, you know, it's all coming from England. So we just have one translator. No, it mm-hmm. wasn't. It was a small room with a German present, uh, presenter with multiple people coming from different parts of uh, Europe with yeah. their own translator. So, if, yeah, it wasn't great. And you can imagine this would be useful in somewhere like in the, you know, the Canadian parliament where you've got half of the, I, I might be wrong about the numbers here, but you've got a number of the people speaking in, uh, you know, uh, Canadian French, French yeah. in Quebec, and then you've got sort of the English yeah. uh, speakers as well. And I think I've seen, it's probably the same in parliaments like the EU and places like this, you know, everyone's got headsets on all yeah, the time. Yeah, 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 and yeah. so that, and so, yeah, you were in a micro version of that where you discovered that there's like a, a, a need, uh, yeah, a, a, need a solution. We need something that, you know, in a situation like this, maybe we can rely on technology and, you know, Technology is now advanced now. Um, there's so many things happening, especially I think artificial intelligence will really, you know, change the world or change the way we do things in yep. the coming years and, you know, machine learning as well. So with all this cool innovation, um, I thought, oh, hunger made it something we could do here, you know, to, you know, in situations like this, uh, use technology rather right. than, you know, increasing cost and, you know, uh, you know, closing the whole show and, you know, redoing it. And that's where I started thinking about translation, learning into it. Um, And I realized, wow, there was a huge problem uh, from all sectors, from medical, um, government, lawyers. I mean, it was was crazy. The soft emails I was getting from doctors, from, um, you know, governmental bodies that I cannot mention the name, you know, military, policing, schools. It was like, oh, we are all having the same problem. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Mm. So, so, so I decided to put a team together. I said, okay, we will try and solve this problem. And I know, you know, when you are coming up with products, you, I wasn't expecting to make everyone happy, you know, to solve every problem, but at least solve the problem for a percentage of your people. So yeah, if, okay. I, if I'm able to do that, then 100%, you know, I know that I'm, you know, the right direction. And, and, and we started doing that. You know? So let's talk about that moment when you go from, because uh, when you go from being in gainful employment to being an entrepreneur and trying to lead your own team. Because growing up, um, I always feel like the significant inflection points, no one actually tells you how you're supposed to do. So, you know, I used to want to be, uh, you know, like a rock star and I'd be like, they always tell you how things went after they got like a record deal, but they never tell you how they actually got the record deal. So we're talking about going from, you know, being, working for someone to being an entrepreneur and setting up your own business. How did that go for you? You know, when did you, did you, uh, did you spend some time, you know, working the, uh, working your business as a side hustle while still employed? Yeah, I was a hustler. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I had multiple stuff going on. I was working full time um, in the aerospace industry. I was doing a bit of music on the side uh, because I wasn't in London. So I was not doing my normal music producing, but, I had a little home studio set up. Yep. So I had to get projects sent to me and I had to do that on weekends. But trust me, to actually build a hardware, you know, no, I'm, I'm talking about hardware, which has never been done before. Yep. At that time, we were, I would say, true wireless here, but we started it and there was another company in Germany and one in Sweden. So there was only three startups that started that whole true wireless year, but trend. And it was, it was challenging uh, because 
it, it's not like, okay, this is what we want to do. The pro, you know, similar product is already there. So the components are there. You just pick the components. You come up with a different design. You add a bit of features, you know, a bit of maybe USP, and then you box it up and you sell it. No, it wasn't like that. This is a product where there are not components to actually make it. So to actually make that product, you need to invent the components or find the partners yeah. to come up with that microchips component to actually make the product possible. And I'm a startup, a one-man band. So it, I, I learned so you a lot. can't sink like a million dollars into no, R&D? No, it's not like a big company, you know, <laughs> you know, 100 million, this is what we're going to build, let's go for it. No, this is a, a guy from Manchester, you know, strong passion, and this is what I want to do. And I'm saving all my salary, I'm putting everything in it, uh, you know, I'm doing it until I see the end goal. So my mindset was there. And I think that really helped me because without the mindset, without having that mindset, this is the goal, this is the objective, this is what I'm going to do. I think I would have given up because there was a lot of challenges um, in the way, you know, designing a product that would fit in your ear. And I remember one funny, funny, I remember Venture Fest uh, in Manchester. Uh, I think it was the first or the second Venture Fest those days. And um, I was part of a third place or runner up. And on stage, I said, oh, you know, this is what I'm going to do. This is going to be a you know, world first true wireless earbud. And people were, some of them were laughing. They said, oh, how are you going to do that? Because there's no chipset that will enable you to actually yep. do this, you know, all the latency and all that kind of stuff. But we, we were using a different complete technology, yeah. which was quite impressive. When yeah. people discovered that's what we were doing, how that's how we were doing it. And... Um, you know, I met so many engineers, developers, people that um, you know, experienced in electronic you know, field. Um, and I would say a lot of the challenge were around components because uh, there isn't anything that you can actually use to achieve it. So before we can actually achieve this, we need to build those perfect. And I, I was, you know, determined to do that. Um, yeah. And I had some support as well from, you know, most of the big, um, I would say, uh, component manufacturers. Um, some of them were really supportive. They know exactly what I'm talking about. And, you know, looking at how things were going, they knew that people were looking for something new because, you know, we, all we had was the cable yep. and nothing else. So there should be some level of innovation and they were willing to support me uh, to do that. So, yeah. So you, so you had a vision for something and... You, I, did you immediately know or did you find out as you started exploring it that the technical challenge was that the components actually weren't available to make it? You know, you run into a brick wall like that. How do you yeah, move on from that? Yeah, it wasn't just that. Also finding the right people, team members, people that you can rely on because, you know, as an engineer, yeah, there's, it's not that I'm going to build a whole thing 100%. Yeah. There are certain things that you need expertise to, yeah. to do that. And it also, it was my first time going into the consumer audio electronics because I was doing a lot of stuff in the aerospace, mm-hmm. which is a different ball game when you you know yeah. you're talking about inventing product or manufacturing. But electronic manufacturing is completely different. Uh, so what I did, or the the first thing I did was I actually started the brand with a, a very simple product, which was uh, I call it the. It was the first smart speaker, but the reason why I call it that is it was a Bluetooth speaker, which we integrated some key functions which enable you to actually receive your phone calls and make phone calls without your phone with you when you're in the shower. And the reason why I introduced that product was back then there was um, 
a trend of people taking their phone in the shower and just listening to music. And then you, you see on social media, people was sending a photo, their phone was dropping. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because the phones were not approved. Of course. Yeah. And people were dropping it. Oh, so I said, oh, hang on a minute. What a, so why are you taking your phone to the shower? So oh, yeah, I want to listen to my music. You know, when I'm in the shower, I want to, you know, have a tune going on. I said, oh, okay, cool. But what if you're able to listen to your music in there? And you don't have your phone with you, but you know, if someone was to say, yeah, that would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, I interviewed a lot of people and people were up for it. So I decided to bring that product. It was very easy to do, very easy tech. You know, the components were already there. So, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to use this as a test bed to get a better understanding of the industry, the electronics industry. So that was like your your, your way of breaking yourself into consumer electronics electronics was this Bluetooth speaker. Exactly. Right. So I put that one out there. And that was also, I used that as a learning, you know, um, like a, to sort of educate myself in terms of, you know, yeah, this is the electronics industry. This is the manufacturers that produce this. This is how you do it. This is how you take a product from prototype stage, you know, your ideation prototype to MVP or whatever you call it to yeah. test the market and then actually get it certified so that you can actually sell it to people for people to use. This is the process. So yeah. that was what I used because Click was a very complex product. So I needed something really small or so, easy to yeah. push out. And that did really well because when I introduced it, um, I had a contract with B&Q, which was funny because they actually bought one of the products. I didn't know about it because, again, I was just, it was only just me. So I, I introduced this product, posted on social media. I've gone through all the, you know, manufacturing and all that kind of stuff, jazz. And people are sharing it on social media. People are buying it, using it, sticking it everywhere in you know, their showers. And I didn't know that they bought one. So then they called me and said, oh, do you mind having a, a meeting? I said, okay. Uh, Ten of showed up. And we had a very interesting conversation. So we've seen your product and we really like it. So I asked them, do you want me to send you? I said, no, we've already got one and we've tested it and we really like it. So I said, oh, wow, that's fantastic. So they said, well, we want it in our stores. It was really easy. That was... Uh, honestly, that, uh, you know, normally you finish a product and you have to struggle. And to you have people. to beat the door down of these retailers to say, sell my stuff. This time it was really straightforward. I, wow. I, I didn't have to do that. But I was still a one-man band. Yeah. But so they said, yeah, this is what we want. One in this store. So, you know, we're talking about significant quantities. Are you able to do that? And I said, yes, I will be able to do that. So I walk out and I said, shit. <laughs> How are we going to do this? Because <laughs> you need to now start a big production line, right? Exactly. Right. You need to produce it. You need to get FSDUs. That was the first time I've heard something called FSDU, which is the display unit. You know, the unique display units. FSDU. <laughs> the unique display units in stores. <laughs> when you go to supermarket, you yeah. got this. So you say, we need to have a FSDU. You need to be designed. You need to have this specification. So they're telling you all this terminology like, you've never heard. Yeah. Well, it's like, that was like retail route, yes. right? I've never done anything like it. It's first time of, you know, developing a consumer electronic product. First time of actually distributing the product in the retail, customer support, all that kind of stuff. You know, what you need to have in place. Never done it before. Yeah. It was the first time. And I said yes to it. Yes. I didn't have a team and I was still one man bad. <laughs> Funny, but... The mindset and the determination was really, yeah. really, I think was the driver. This is something that comes up a lot when I'm having these conversations because I always do try and get a bit out of my guests to give advice to people who are coming up who want to be able to yeah. do the things that, that my guests do. And the one of the consistent pieces of advice is 
first of all, like say yes to everything. Yeah. When you get an opportunity, go for, go it. for it. Figure out how you're going to do it. Uh, the mindset you talked about, it sounds as if you're saying, uh, strap in when you're starting something new and you're inexperienced and it's going to be a lot of work because that's the reality. It's going to be a lot of work. You're going to have to cut back on some things. You're going to have to go through these difficult challenges that you've never encountered. But by, so having that mindset and by pushing through the challenges and just believing that you would do it, you managed to get onto the production, uh, like a preferred supplier of one of the big retailers in the UK. And like you said, normally there would be, a, you'd have to you know, hire a sales director to do that and they would have to be, you know, pitching, selling products, going after them. Yeah. So you were really fortunate that someone in the B&Q team found your product and brought it to them and said, 100%. wow. 100%. Okay, so let's just briefly talk about, because let's briefly talk about how you get the product made because I am just a consumer, where as far as electronics is concerned, and most people are. You know, if you tell me, you know, something like a, if you're talking about something like a Bluetooth speaker, I would assume that, I don't know, you design and make everything inside it yourself or whatever. You know, what do you have to do? You said all the components were already there. You know, do you have to ring up manufacturers and say, you know, I'm looking for this many units of this component and do you have to strike deals like that? How does it work? So with, with that, we did a lot of the development in Manchester, um, especially for the Bluetooth speaker because the components were there. So we had a little prototyping studio in Manchester. And I work with a company called, um, I can't remember their name now, um, they are somewhere in Oldham. Uh, but they were electronic engineers, they're really niche, um, small company. Uh, so they were able to support, you know, a one-man band, let's put it that way. So I approached them and said, guys, this is what I want to do. Uh, this is my expertise, this is my experience, this is what I can build up to. This bit here, I have no idea how to do that, you know, put everything on PCBA, you know, I don't know how many layers of PCBAs we, we need to have and, and all that kind of stuff. And they jumped in and they helped me create that initial prototype. Right. So you found select. experienced guys who were willing to help you out make the prototype. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So we were able to identify the key components that we think, you know, yeah, these are cost effective. We'll be able to buy it from the shelf and, you know, bring it together and create a product. But that is one stage. Now, going into manufacturing, I realized it was completely a different, we had to change a lot of things because it's coming up with a prototype is easy. If you know what you are doing, you can build it. But manufacturing is completely different as well. You need to sometimes things that you've, you are able to develop or produce during the prototype stage, you will not be able to mass produce it during the manufacturing process. Right. The reason being is some of the manufacturing process involve, you know, people actually assembling the parts and so if the product is very complex or it's not designed properly to make it easy to assemble, instead of you producing, let's say, you know, 200 pieces a day, you end up producing, let's say, two wow. a day because it would take time for people to actually put this stuff together. So you actually need to be ingenious in how you design it so that it's easy to it's, assemble. Otherwise, you'll just have a, a really slow production line. Yes. This is why sometimes, we, you know, you see product and say, oh, why did they design it that way? It's just, you know, yeah, I said simplicity is not simple. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not. You, you have to. It's, there's quite a lot of work involved in design, product design. You really need to think through. The look and feel is different, but to actually make it is also something else. You right. can have a very fantastic product, you know, beautiful prototype, but it's the reality is it cannot be produced. So you can't produce <laughs> it at scale. On a scale, exactly. 
Right. So you have to have all that in place. So when we were we went to the manufacturing, we were you know at the manufacturing stage, we were well, our manufacturer was also very helpful as well. Um, they were able to recommend some components that we can use mm-hmm. that were locally sourced, so we don't have to import them in, uh, you know, to pay higher taxes and all that kind of stuff, so we can get it locally. And also it's accessible. So let's say if we need to, let's say ramp up. Uh, production, they can get hold of the yep. part rather, rather than waiting two months or three months for shipping and all that kind of stuff. Right, this is interesting because last year, 2021, um, supply chains like slowed. Yep. Uh, and I, um, as I said, only a consumer. I just order things and see, oh, it's going to be 12 weeks instead of like two, what's going on? Did you have? Did you run into all those problems last year with supply we, chains? We did with uh, Glickes because Glickes was going into manufacturing. So it was crazy because when we were about to kick off the production, China shot because we produced uh, from China. We do all the development in Manchester, but we do the manufacturing in China. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the reason why we do that as well, which I think maybe might be helpful for our uh, listeners, is um, a lot of the component manufacturers have got their factory in China, so it makes it it, it, it makes sense to actually produce there because you're able to get a product or the component directly from their own factories. Yeah, so they're, they're very close to each other. It makes it efficient. Exactly. Rather than importing it from, you know, importing it from China into Europe and produce. I'm just hoping that in future we might be able to find semiconductors or similar companies that produce it in Europe. I actually that didn't, mean, yeah, I didn't know this until I saw um, a former conservative uh, MP and Minister Rory Stewart, I saw him speaking in Buxton, and he said, uh, and we may not be exact on the numbers here, but something like 50% of semiconductors are made in Taiwan. Yeah, Taiwan is um, the leading, yeah. So it's like, that is obviously a point of failure exactly. uh, if, you know, anything happens over there. Uh, is there, there's, so there's nowhere else in the world that has such a large share of the semiconductor market. No, that I'm aware of. Yes, Taiwan. Yeah, and Taiwan is you know close to China, and a lot of other components are also produced in China as well. So it was at that time it was just it just makes sense, you know. Yeah, of course. Um, also, coming from a background where I've not been given millions of you know money to start up with, you know, I'm just I have to solve. Go to my piggy bank and look at what I've got saved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, Actually, that that brings me on to something I was yeah. really interested to ask you about, which is. So we don't like to plug other people's products when you're um, uh, showing a product, but obviously no one can avoid the ubiquity of the iPhone. And you were talking about um, the fact that you often have to make a compromise between user experience and what is actually possible to produce at scale. So as a product developer, does that give you like a particular admiration for something like the iPhone where it's it's really simple to use, it looks beautiful in its design, and they appear to be able to produce it at scale? You know, is, is that a very difficult Venn diagram to hit? I, I, not in the 21st. No, I don't think it'll be difficult to hit. You can hit that um, if you have the right partners, um, 100%. Um, the, I think the difficult part is having you know, um, the people, the team to actually, you know, come up with it. Because a lot of the products we develop, we are working, we, we announced a product um, last year in Las Vegas, which is the world's first 4G uh, eSIM enabling headsets. which is the first product. We are the first company to introduce it. And just to give you an example, that one, when we were developing it, it's almost been like five years in R&D. And it's... A product that we had to make a lot of changes to make it 
you know, to create a very strong user, you know, user-friendly product. Yes. Simply because, um, and one of the main key thing we identified was, or I, I noticed that I, I need to challenge the engineering team. So some of them, they, they are used to, some of the team or the members we had uh, were used to, you know, following the same process, you know, let's say this is a battery, this is how the size it should be, and this is where it should go. So as an inventor or, or as an engineer, I have to say, okay, yeah, that is the standard, but what if, if we make it smaller? And they said, yeah, but we'll lose that, we'll lose a lot of it. okay, that's where innovation comes. So how can we make this battery smaller, but still maintain the same yep. capacity? And this open up R&D and we get a battery company involved and you know, we open a whole R&D process then we go into. So you need people like that in the team. And I think Apple have got that and all the big companies, they've got this, you know, intelligent people, smart people to come on board and says, okay, it's not possible to create a product like that. But if we were to change all these components, we might be able to achieve and create a very nice product. But to do that, there's going to be a lot of money spent. Yes. <laughs> And they have the money to do that. So oh, yeah. now it's possible. Um, you, 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 there's a lot of manufacturers that will support you to do that if they know that you know, you'll be able to produce more or if you've got money to pay. Because at the end of the day, the big in, in the manufacturing world, it's all about numbers. That's one thing I've realized. Uh, so if the numbers are big, you know, it's good for them. You, know, you cannot set up a whole production line and just producing necessarily five, 500 products because setting up a production line is quite a lot of work. You need yeah. to put stages in the, you know, assembling process, testing and all that kind of stuff. It costs a lot of money yeah. to do. So, yeah, Apple, yeah, they've done it. They've done a great work and I know a lot of people are doing that as well. Um, yeah. And it's taken 40 years, of course, to become what it is now. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And there's a lot of bumps in the road on the way. But, yeah. um, but it's interesting definitely to hear your perspective there because a lot of people start businesses thinking in order to become rich. And I don't think people appreciate enough that starting a business actually means spending way more money than you ever thought yeah. you'd have to spend to get the thing off the ground. And time. And time, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you, yeah, you, you become old while you're doing it. Sacrifice. <laughs> but, um, but it, you know, you might be able to get rich if you give people something that they want, something that they need, something that makes their life easier and better. Mm. And so let's talk about, um, you, have you got IP on this product? Um, we've got some IP on our technology, uh, especially the software and part of the hardware. Uh, but the latest product, Titan, Titan is fully over 158 patents on on the 4G headset. Oh wow! So, yeah, it's, it's it's very interesting products, and I can't wait for you guys to see it next year. We this is do, Titan. This Titan. This, we don't have a prototype of Titan yet. Yet, yeah. So that will be available. We unveiled it last year uh, in Vegas, but uh, this year. Uh, no, next year, actually, January, who actually, it will be available. Uh, uh, but that's, that's fantastic products. Um, Looking forward to yeah, yeah, I was going to say seeing it, but I suppose hearing it is the better way of uh, yeah, describing yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a very inclusive product. It's a product that we, you know, we've got a lot of partners involved. We actually, you know, we had a chat with a lot of people just to understand the challenges people are having. What can we do to make it? It's not just creating product because, yeah, we want to show that, yeah, we are a small company that is really innovative and we can come up with cool technology and, you know, we can write amazing codes and stuff like that. No, it wasn't about that with Titan. Yes, we can do all that, but it was more of what can we do to, you know, improve your life? Yep. You know, what can we do to make, you know, your life better using technology mm -hmm. or using 
based on what we've already done. And that gave us a lot of insight in terms of what we can, what people are really looking for. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm really, I'm really excited about it and I can't wait for it to, to be ready. Well, we'll have yeah. to talk again when Titan comes out. But um, yeah. in the meantime, a, a few more things on the, on the Click, uh, Click S. Um, uh, you, you mentioned when you came in, you know, that your, your schedule is very, very, very busy and, you know, you're traveling a lot. Uh, are, you, are you at the moment trying to raise investor interest here and trying to get investment to scale up the production of the product? Or? Yeah, at the moment, uh, CH, we are really growing, we are expanding a lot. And, you know, to be able to do that, uh, to meet demand and production, you need a lot of money to yeah. do that as well. So, yeah, this, this year will be, we are trying to do our first fundraise. We've never done a fundraise before. The company has been self-funded. Um, a lot of our, all the R&D, everything is all self-funded, which is very good, fantastic for, yeah. for you know, a hardware and a software company uh, to do, to achieve. So uh, we've just opened it and we hope we are hoping to close it by the end of the year of January, uh, okay. first investment run uh, to enable us to scale up the team and also um, launching multiple markets. Okay, know? so when you say launching m- multiple markets, maybe you can't say it on, on, on the record, but uh, do you have any... Um, can you tell me any of your specific ambitions for what you want to do with when you raise money? Yes, so we want to really expand the team. That's 100% for sure. How many sure. people have you got at the moment? Uh, so engineering team, we are about 30 okay. uh, engineering team. But we want to increase it because of, again, it's just because of Titan as well. Because Titan is a very complex product and you need, you know, the team behind it to make sure that, um, you know, we are always there for the customer. Yeah. So we, we really want to put that in place um, and also um, set up some support system in um support team in different locations. Customer support. Customer support. Right, yeah. yeah. yeah customer support. And a bit of production as well, manufacturing. So uh, I think, like I did mention before, with the manufacturers, it's all about numbers. And one thing I've realized from doing this multiple times is, you know, if you're able to buy more components in advance, you're able to save money. Um, and by doing so, you're able to reduce the actual product cost for, for the people. And that's what we really want to do. We want to, you know... Make it more accessible. Yeah, make it more accessible, not, you know, too expensive, you know. But to do that, there's a few things I think we will be able to uh, put in place to make that happen. One of it being, you know, having a, a huge production run rather than, you know, running 5,000 or 500, you know, pieces. Yeah, that, what kind of, how many units would you want to be shipping? Uh, if we can do, give or take it, uh, since it's going to be a lot first product, if we are able to do 100k um, 2023, that would be fantastic. That um, would really be yeah, good, yeah. That would be fantastic. So, um, long-term kind of blue sky ambitions. And this is just, this is just how I think, so it might not be, um, might not be reflective of, of, of everyone's ambitions in, in product development, but do you have, uh, you know, dreams of partnering with or being a, uh, you know, supplier for any any big tech, you know, like Google, like Microsoft, anyone like yeah. that? <laughs> Funny you say that. I've got, uh, I can't mention that news, but I've got quite a strong relationship with some of the, you know, names you've mentioned already. Uh, but there are some key partners that have supported us. I'm, I'm talking about super, super big companies mm-hmm. that have supported us uh, since we started, especially started developing Titan. That they are like, how, how should I put it? Um, you know, when you've got um, someone who is already out there, like it's so big that you are scared of, but then the yep. person actually like what you are doing and want to help you, you know, become, create that kind of empire. 
we've got few of those people, but we've got three big ones like that, that are supporting us. So the hope is uh, when we launch, you know, we've got, it's not just Titan coming up next year, we've got quite some cool products coming, which will complete our ecosystem. Uh, they will help us to scale up. That, that, that's, that's the dream to, 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 to use, you know, what they've done, you know, their experience, um, uh, learn from them as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, eventually maybe, I don't know, uh, be part of them. If, 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 you know, what we are trying to solve, if, if the dream is the same, you know, if yeah. there's a if you're both, there. if there's a mutual exactly, vision. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, because we, we really want to connect people. Like you did mention, I travel a lot, yes. And from traveling, you know, I've, I've trust me, I've learned a lot. Yeah. I've learned a lot. There's certain things you think about people, but when you actually go there and see it, it's, oh, okay, this is why it was done this way. I, I, you know, I've got a different story, you know, yes. when I'm back home. And it's, it's beautiful. It's interesting. I normally look at people and say, wow, that's interesting. But we don't know it because there's always the language barrier or there's no way of connecting. I mean, we have social media and all that kind of stuff. Great. But there isn't any, you know, having a conversation with you. Let's say if you are, I don't know, Japanese, we wouldn't be able to have, you know, a full-on conversation like this, right? Yeah. But what if, you know, that language barrier is up? You know, we've crossed that out and, you know, we can express ourselves properly. Yeah. You actually, you get to know a bit more about, I don't know, um, English culture and I'll get to know more about what Japanese do and all that kind of stuff. I'll be able to learn more. You know, it's really interesting. There's a very famous chap in uh, the, from the Netherlands called Wim Hof. Uh, he's the sort of well-known for um, almost being a bit of a kind of spiritual, spiritually led daredevil. You know, he does all this yeah. cold water exposure, climbing up mountains, just wearing swim shorts and doing all this crazy stuff. I think I've seen him. Yeah. Uh, now, he speaks, um, it, you know, English is his second language and he speaks very enthusiastically and like with this really big gestures and stuff. But I saw a YouTube comment saying, it's a shame you can't hear him speaking in Dutch because yeah. when he's speaking in uh, his native language, he sounds more lucid, more coherent. It's more, he sounds more like a very highly educated person. Oh. And in, in English, that, uh, he doesn't come quite across that way. Yeah. Because obviously there are certain nuances and idioms that aren't, that you, that you can't know or use as fluidly. So perhaps... You're absolutely right. The yeah. Click S could help with yeah, that. Yeah. Hey, who knows? Maybe we'll be able to do a having a gas episode here in the future where we can have a guest in a complete foreign language and we can make it work. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. So I've got one more question before we um, close this thing off because uh, off mic before you mentioned that you had some interaction or some support from Hugh Jackman. Oh, yeah. That was um, uh, our first, when we first um, launched our products, uh, that's Click Plus. And um, he was actually doing it. Um, promoting, I don't know if you've seen The Greatest Showman. Have you seen The Greatest Showman? I'm very familiar with it, no, but uh, yeah. it's, uh, it was, I've not seen it all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> it was promoting across Europe and um, it was in Spain. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, or, or the TV show, they've got, a, um, I think, part of the programming is a, a section or a bit where, you know, they showcase the latest technology or what what is upcoming. Yeah. And my product was there. So he used it for, for the interview and it was fantastic. And uh, he invited us there. We were there and we had a, you know, decent conversation with him. Yeah, nice man. Very so good. It was, I was really impressed. Uh, I think he was, 
were the first celebrity to use uh, my, my products. There you go. So that's a landmark <laughs> moment. Many more to follow. Absolutely. Have you got some footage of this we can put on? Yeah, sure. Great, Absolutely. great. We'll, we'll have that. Uh, maybe we'll cut this out because that's unprofessional. But uh, to be talking about, I'm directing <laughs> while we're going, but yeah. Um, so yeah, no, this has been really good. Danny Manu, he is the CEO and Correct. founder of My Manu. Is that the business? Correct. Yeah. That's, the, that's the brand. The business is CEH Technologies. Right, nice. Yeah. And so let's just give it one more plug. This is the Click S, uh, automatic translation earbuds, as well as just great wireless headphones for music and for all of the things. What's it retailing at the moment? Uh, at the moment, it's 129 pounds. Uh, in dollars, it's 179 dollars. We normally trade in dollars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, available from the website or is it available Absolutely. on other digital stores? Available on our websites, uh, Amazon, Selfridges, uh, Best Buy, pretty much um, everywhere. Excellent stuff. Hey, well... Uh, I wish you all the success in the future, Thank Danny. You. Very exciting times. Thank you for talking to me. Thank you.